Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Courtney takes the double. Yeah, in front of the home crowd, my, my uh, wife and little girl were here today, which is different. My little man was here yesterday, so got a win for each of them, which is, uh, which is good. The new boss looks to communicate. Uh, we do a really good job right now. I think what we've got to do is we've got to recognise that we've got a phenomenal product. And I'm sorry I keep saying that, but that's absolutely the case. We've got a magnificent championship here. And the Gears says he's looking forward to Winton. You know, just go over where the other guys were strong, where the time's made in the corners, and uh, you know, try and make that up and uh, learn as much as I can before I go there, and then uh, yeah, give it a good go. It's all coming up today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. James Courtney took out the Ipswich 300, winning both races. He has closed the gaps in the points between himself and championship leader Jamie Winkup to 24. Courtney was almost as happy with Scafie's praise of his drive as he was with the clean sweep on the weekend. I don't know, Scafie yesterday said I drove a mature race, which is, uh, you know, it's a big thing for someone of uh, his stature to, to say that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a good feeling when uh, you're getting recognition for uh, all your hard work. Adrian Burgess said he was pleased to get the first weekend sweep with Jim Beam Racing. We started off doing all the basics right, and now uh, we're starting to... Uh, push the boundaries a bit more and, and evolve what we're doing and what we're doing with the car I and mean, you know, we're trying to get the basics right every day of the week which you have to do first um, we're just pushing the envelope more we, you know, we have, and you have to to be competitive anyone can be consistent mid-grid but if you want to be consistent at the front you've got to push hard and that's what we're trying to do now Burgess said that being in the championship hunt is the team's only focus I mean, budget wise I'm not looking at the car of the future yet I'm I feel like McLaren and Ferrari of the year. You, you want to fight for the championship we're in, and that's the one we're in. We, we're, starting, we're starting to put a few things in place, but medium-term things which will allow us to look further in, in front. But um, at the moment, it's not impacting our, what we're doing now. We're concentrating on 2010. On Saturday, it was Craig Lowndes all smiles, hanging on to second place with his tyres dropping away fast. Really, at the end, we didn't have much to, to defend uh, you know, Shane off if he got a bit closer because really we were, uh, uh, used everything up in the middle part of that uh, race to get past uh, Stevie J, catch then obviously uh, Jamie and, uh, and get past Tander. Shane Van Gisbergen, who is featured in this month's V8X magazine on sale now, finished both races in third, the young driver becoming more comfortable with his role at SBR. Uh, no, just the, the car's good and I'm driving well and uh, 
qualifying well is the biggest thing we've done for past all the cars in the race and uh, we can run our own strategy, look after the tyres and be strong at the end. Garth Tanders moved to fourth in the championship, 219 points behind Jamie Winkup with his second place run on Sunday. Tander confident he'll be in the championship hunt with the next all soft tyre round on his test track at Winton. Where we have a much clearer understanding of the circuit, the surface, the weather and the wind direction and all that sort of stuff that the locals here would have a very good understanding of. So, um, you know, we go to Winton and, um, you know, hopefully we can have a good run there. One of the biggest start line crashes we have seen in a long time in V8 supercars occurred occurred in race 10 at Queensland when Frosty Winterbottom and Lee Holsworth came together after Holsworth struggled to get off the line. Bad qualifying um, and then uh, Holsworth, Lee Holsworth stalled um, and then you know we, we all come flying past him and um, he's just turned right trying to defend, he's come and apologised and you know it's not intentional but when you look at your car it, it is frustrating. Today's race just didn't go our way, I kept um kept having troubles with the even yesterday starting on the line just with these sticky tires i don't know whether we've got a problem with our clutch or not but um it's just been stalling every time i take off so that happened in the second race and then i was trying to get out of everyone's way and didn't see mark there on the inside and unfortunately we uh we collided and he was in the fence so um no i feel pretty uh pretty sorry for him but um yeah i mean our, our weekend wasn't too good but you know best thing about it is next next round we can um, fight our way back at our home track. New V8 supercar boss Martin Whitaker told the V8 Insiders how he is looking to build the sport in the future. Yes, I've got some ideas. Um, I think it would be very foolhardy of me to raise those right now. I need to, I need to closely look at where we are. I've, I've been in the job for 10 days or slightly less, um, so there's a little way to go yet, albeit not six months. The Ipswich 300 was Whitaker's first race meeting in the hot seat, and with the mini-challenge car of Kane Migro crashing into the crowd, it was a baptism of fire. And, and obviously our, our best regards go out to, to both the spectators who were injured yesterday afternoon and obviously to the driver of the Mini as well. And, and I think the great thing actually that came out of yesterday was that we have got a fantastic team, uh, both at V8 Supercars and obviously in terms of the organisation here at the track. We'll have more from Martin Whitaker on this week's White Flag Lab. V8 Supercars Television have won the Logie for the most outstanding sports coverage for last year's Bathurst 1000 taking the gong on Sunday night at the prestigious awards ceremony. Jason Bright is calling for more all-soft tyre rounds following the success of the Ipswich 300. You know, the biggest problem that we've got when we run on the hard tyres is that we all start the weekend with, with you know, three or four sets of hard tyres and as the weekend goes on, we've all got the same degradation. But if you come out of the pits five laps later than someone, you can't pass them. Um, with the soft tyre so many different you know opportunities to get track position and then so many opportunities to save tires for the end i I, you know both races i had people pass me and and then and then had to pass them back and brighty in his 150th event certainly wasn't pulling any punches on his thoughts on ford they've they've certainly got a score on got the score on the board as far as um getting in and out of motorsport and um and you know i you know i was obviously pretty vocal about it this week and you know, it, it, it's something that, you know, it, is, it was quite annoying to me at the time because, you know, I had a five-year plan and, and was fairly committed to it and did everything that was held up my end of the bargain as far as getting FPR up there and and then I was just dropped like a, you know, bag of potatoes and um, they, you know, they'll, they'll get back into it but, you know, 
it, it just sort of doesn't leave. It left a pretty bad taste in my mouth. But you know, there's there's obviously some fans that are pretty worked up about it. But you know, I can guarantee they're the same fans that weren't too happy when uh, when Triple Eight went to Holden as well. Interestingly enough, here's what Brody had to say just over ten years ago when he went to HRT after leaving Stone Brothers. You know, even just from the outside, um, you know, you can see that Holden do look after their drivers a little bit more in some ways. Um, and, you know, Ford probably haven't done as good a job at, at securing a lot of the younger drivers and looking after them as, as what Holden have in the past. But. So after the first 10 races in the championship, it's Jamie Wing Cup leading on 1,191 points. James Courtney, 24, back on 1167. Shane Van Gisbergen in third, 207 points behind the leader, with Garth Tander on 972 points. Of course, 219, as we mentioned before. Craig Lowndes is in fifth position on 969. That's 222 points. Rick Kelly is in sixth position. He's got 10 penalty points on 908 points in total. That's 283 behind the leader. Lee Holsworth with 15 penalty points is on 903, 288 back. Mark Winterbottoms on 894, that's 297 back, whilst Michael Caruso's on 834. Stephen Johnson rounds out the top 10. He's got 10 penalty points and 749 championship points, 442 points behind the leader, Jamie Winkup. In the Fujitsu Series, Steve Owen took out round two with a convincing win, and he talked about still looking for funding for Winton in two weeks' time. We'll get to Winton and, uh, you know, the car keeps coming back straight, hasn't had a scratch on it yet, we haven't broken anything and, and the sponsors are still happy so we'll, uh, we'll be on the phone to them Wednesday morning and, and uh, you know, try and get some interest for later in the year. If we can get to Winton and extend the lead again, then it'll be hard for them to say no. Jack Perkins won race three, coming second on the podium over the weekend. He talked about how his racing career has developed in 2010. Um, to be honest with you, I really need to thank Phil Ward and the Aussie Racing Cars because that really kicked it off this year for me, getting the Guernsey at Adelaide and, and having a bit of fun in that and winning a few races has really made a few people realise I'm, still, I'm actually still alive and uh, to come out here and win that last race and, and smash it was uh, another good way to do it too. Paul Morris was on the podium in third place, winning race one and said tyres were a huge factor in the results this weekend. But it just shows there's a, there's a big inconsistency in those tyres and it's probably making a few of the younger guys look a bit more sillier than they are because we had the experience to, to work it out that there was something funky going on. After finding out the championship protagonists, James Moffat and David Russell were parked on the side of the road or in the pits at the end of race three. Yeah, that's um, it's always nice to come around on your cool-down lap and yeah, see you both both the guys in second and third in the championship parked on the side of the road, so that was... So looking at the championship, Steve Owen leads on 470 points, James Moffat's on 358, Tim Blanchard on 343, Ant Pedersen on 3.40 and rounding out the top five, David Russell on 331 points. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. Coming up on the white flag lap, it's Martin Whitaker. But next, it's this. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars. 
showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week is the auto action duo. Dangerous duo at that, Dylan Campbell. Good evening, Dylan. G'day, Craig. How are you? Very well, thanks. And uh, it's great to have along a, a man who uh, worked at the same radio network as I did, but uh, I don't think we ever met in the studio, John Bannon. Well, that would be correct, Craig. Uh, good evening to you. Well, guys, it was an interesting Ipswich 300 at the Queensland Raceway, and I have to say it's great to see drivers at their absolute peak, and that's what we saw with James Courtney this weekend, John. He was just absolutely on a rail, it seemed like, at times. Was certainly that way, and I think he's really coming along as the season progresses. He seems to have confidence within him as each race goes on. And if you just look at look at his past results, uh, the win on the weekend was really no surprise, and it could be the sort of momentum now that will see him, uh, I guess, take this championship by the scruff of the neck and, and really take it up to Jamie Wincup. Dylan, when it's 44 points now between the uh, front two protagonists, it's uh, game on. Oh, it's 44 points. I thought it was 24. I said 24, didn't I? My oh, mistake. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. No, it's it's fantastic to see someone else winning that isn't Jamie Winkup. I mean, no disrespect to the guy, but it, you know, it gets a bit boring when it's a one-man show. So good on uh, good on James Courtney for getting up there. But once again, I think Dylan, it's. A one-man show, yes, but when they're just at the top of their game, that's always interesting to watch because uh, we had that big long run and people uh, can argue that the Scafi uh, dominance was not a good thing, but you just really get to see the mark of a driver who knows what he's doing and he's he's really at the top of his game. And uh, maybe TV ratings are falling, maybe the crowd was staying away because they thought Jamie Winkup was a shoe-in, but it, it just proves that uh, the V8 supercars can always toss something in new. Yeah, absolutely. John, I, I think the uh, the big thing, though, for the Ipswich 300 was the lack of crowd. Well, there was no one really there. I think, as Dylan and I joked on the on the Friday when we were there, there were more ducks in the pond in front of the media centre than there were actual <laughs> uh, people at the track. So it uh, it was disappointing. It was, I think Dylan wrote, wrote an article in our magazine during the week that, that had the crowd figures, and I think it was something like uh, 37,926 for the weekend, which was down on last year's crowd of 48,986. Is that right, Dylan? Yeah, yeah, man, it it definitely puts it into perspective coming away from the, you know, the big bang events that we started the year with, and considering the crowd at uh, Queensland Raceway, there were only just uh, more people there than there was at Bahrain. And... It was amazing when you take it into the context of a long weekend. So people in Queensland who were celebrating May Day, the May Day weekend, could have travelled a goodly distance out of the country and and that sort of thing to make it to the races. And uh, now they've actually got the road infrastructure working uh, to Ipswich. 
it's not hard to get in and out of there once you get off Champions Way, of course. Well, that might have been the very problem, Craig, that it was a holiday weekend and people might have gone to the Gold Coast or the, the Sunshine Coast for the weekend instead. So maybe choosing that weekend for the event perhaps was not necessarily the, the smartest idea because people often like to take a holiday when, when they've got that chance. Mm. Dylan, uh, we, we've talked about the lack of crowd, but uh, one thing there was was a lack of Triple Eight, or more importantly, Jamie Wing Cup dominance this weekend. What were your ta- what was your take on that? Yeah, it definitely was surprising. Uh, also, considering that at Queensland Raceway is uh, Team Vodafone's test track, but uh, coming into the weekend, you know, Jamie Wing Cup said. Uh, there was a more unknowns in the soft tyres with the team with their new car, which is you know still brand new this year, and uh, it just goes to show uh, Craig Lowndes was much quicker than him in qualifying on Saturday, and it took a little while for Jamie to get his his head around the tyres and how the car sort of worked on those tyres. So, but it is a big surprise considering how well the team has gone so this year so far up until QR, and then uh, to see no team Vodafone cars on the podium was. Uh, quite a surprise. I guess John uh, for the uh, for the punters livening up the championship is going to make it a much more interesting uh, run towards the mid-season break and uh, I guess we haven't factored in the fact that we are having a, a six weeks break after this uh, next three events. Well although Jamie Wincup is obviously an amazing driver I think him winning all the time is probably not the most popular thing from a crowd perspective uh, there's a lot of uh, James Courtney fans out there and I think having extra competitors uh, come up to Wink Cup does throw some interest into the championship I don't think anybody wants to see Wink Cup run away with it probably other than uh, himself and, and um, Team Vodafone so hopefully from here uh, there can be other drivers that come in into the mix as well but I'd, you wouldn't be able to say that the Triple Eight Racing will be uh, have this sort of weekend very often. Put it that way. Mm. Now, uh, guys, do you think the soft tyres, uh, Dylan? Do you think that was the hit? Certainly, the drivers were all very positive. With uh, the ones I spoke to about having a, a big wear rate and a big change in the condition of the tyre over the course of the race. Yeah, no, I think the I think the drivers loved it. I mean, you give a racing car driver a really soft tire, and they're always going to love it. The car the car's better under brakes, sort of mid corner, and putting its power down and stuff like that. But also for the fans as well, um, it promotes better racing. Um, and with the the sort of extra fall off and drop off with the soft tire, it um, introduces a new strategic element to the racing as well. And I guess having a bit more strategy without the uh, the big difference between the hard and soft tyre, John, does make it easier for people to follow on the television and uh, even the two or three that were at the track. <laughs> well, sure, and uh, I think the, the drivers appreciate as well, as, as Dylan said, it, it creates more uh, overtaking opportunities and, and yes, it spices up the, ra- the racing, so why wouldn't the crowd love it? All right, now, uh, just before we go to the break here, do you think we'll be back at Ipswich for a, another... Race meeting in 2011. John? I don't think there is a great need to go back there or a desire to go back there, and the crowd wasn't there uh, this time around. The facilities are probably 
not quite up to scratch. Uh, and I, I don't know if it's that popular event in, in terms of the, the track itself. I don't know if that, it's that challenging. It's a pretty simple layout, I guess. Uh, I mean, all that sounds rather critical. I'm sure it has its good points as well. It's close to uh, a base for a lot of the teams and it's easily accessible. There's a lot of people based in Queensland. But as as an event, you have to look at the crowd numbers and I think that speaks for itself. Uh, it was pretty abysmal uh, this time around. Well, Dylan? Um, I don't think they'll be going back next year. I mean... I'll have to get my knife and fork ready just in case I have to eat my own own words kind of thing. But all indications are that V8 Supercars won't be heading back there next year. Uh, V8 Supercars want more uh, more upgraded facilities at the track, Um, but the the track administration just doesn't have have the funds to sort of bring the track up to the standard required. And uh, as I think John touched on it, it wouldn't be a... No, it's a a cool place to go to, but it's a bit of a dust bowl, and the... uh, the layout isn't sort of as exciting as Bathurst or some of the other tracks, so, you know, I don't know. It's hard one to, hard one to call, but I don't think so. Yeah, certainly the mail I was hearing across the weekend was, it'll be a couple of years, if ever. We need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. We'll be back with plenty more right after this. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining me this week from Auto Action, John Bannon and Dylan Campbell. Guys, uh, well, we've talked about the race, and uh, I think one of the big things was the uh, Mini going into the crowd. And uh, I know, John, you and I had a chance to uh, speak to Kane Micro, and he was still very shaken up on Sunday afternoon. He was, and I think it was one of those accidents that no one likes to see. I think I actually remember very vividly Dylan's uh, reaction when when he first saw it, and it was just, it was just one of those incidents that I guess you, it's just completely shocking. There could have been multiple people that were killed uh and when you see something like that it it makes you i guess feel relieved that there was such a small crowd there uh because if there were more people there uh the the result could have been a lot a lot worse it was it was a freak accident uh i don't think it's necessarily the track's fault or or the driver's fault i don't think there's anyone to blame here i think this is a one in a million uh, event and as for Kane, yes, he, he was very vividly shaken uh, straight straight afterwards the, the following day, and and he he looked like like someone who was very concerned uh, about others, but but also I, it will be I guess remain to be seen how well he will bounce back as a driver after such a a, a big role. Mm. Dylan, it, it was it was amazing. I was watching it from the media centre there, and I just saw. You know, the car starting to jump and, and uh, many, many of the crowd that were in that area just immediately dispersing. 
and uh, and seeing the way it just continued to bounce and bounce and and eventually get over the the safety fence and then the uh, well the spectator railing I wouldn't call it a second safety fence at all. Yeah, well we were up there in the media centre with you and you know sort of came up on TV and we saw this car rolling along and it got quicker and quicker and quicker and we thought oh this is a pretty big crash and then all of a sudden it just rolls into the crowd and it goes from being something spectacular that you think well this is sort of cool to something like oh this is not cool this is you know this is very serious and the uh the angle that the camera was on it sort of looked like the crowd was about 200 times thicker than what it actually was so uh you know the uh, instant um reaction in the media center and i guess all around the track was you know holy crap you know up to a lot of people could be very badly hurt here and john and i headed down there uh just a few minutes after it happened and it was uh, pandemonium. There were, you know, people walking around everywhere, looking dazed and confused. And uh, we had to go interview a few of the, the eyewitnesses. And it's just the, not the kind of thing that you want to see at a, at a race meeting where everybody goes there to have fun and have a good day. Yeah, that is for sure. Uh, for Martin Whitaker, the V8 Supercar CEO, nine days in the job, and that's uh, you know one of the one of the biggest biggest uh, incidents that you'll ever have as a category manager or a uh, promoter and we have to remember v8 supercars were the promoter of this event they were hiring the track yeah well uh martin kept a pretty low profile at the at the racetrack over the weekend uh he uh did a few interviews with the media and, and whatnot but um compared to his his the the outgoing executive chairman tony cochran who was just headed to italy for a three-month sabbatical a much-earned one uh he, he kept a very low profile but certainly Tony Cochran has a lot of faith in Martin Whitaker, and he's got some pretty good credentials too. Mm. It, of course, uh, getting a baptism of fire like that, Martin uh, certainly got to find out what the people were like around him, John. Well, it wouldn't have been an easy situation to deal with coming into your first race weekend looking after a, a massive organisation like the V8 Supercars, and and then in one of your support categories, you have a catastrophic event take place. I don't think anyone uh, really can know exactly what is the right way to handle uh, that situation. I mean, he might not have even come across that situation before in all his years of experience uh, with motorsport around the world. It, it is that much of a, a freak accident. So, yes, he did keep a low profile, but by the same token... Uh, I'm not sure what the best way to deal with, with that sort of situation is. I guess it, it always is good to get on, on the front foot and, and be proactive. Uh, I guess the public like to see that. Mm. Well, of course, uh, gratuitous plug time now. Of course, Martin Whitaker is on our white flag lap on this week's show, so he's coming up in the white flag lap. Guys, gas and go time. Now, gas and go, five questions, three minutes in total, and the time starts now. John Bannon, is the Enduro driver rule the best thing that they've ever done for the Fujitsu series? It's certainly enabling drivers uh, to get some extra practice in, that's for sure. Dylan? Um... I don't really know much about it, so I can't really say much, but uh, I, I agree with John. Two weeks between races. Well, when you don't crash, it works pretty well, but how long do you think the teams are going to take till they start complaining about not having enough time to get the cars ready? Dylan? Um, I think that, uh, you know, they've got a lot of races crammed into two big sections this year, and even though it's a, it's a sort of tight schedule, the teams understand that it's, it's better for the greater good of the sport. 
and uh, that's better for their bottom line. So I think they're going to uh, just suck it up. John? Uh, Formula One have been doing it for years, and yes, it is a different category, but it happens in categories all around the world. And uh, if V8 supercars want to be professional and uh, maintain their interest base, then the more they're on the track, the better their product will be to, to those around them. Well, John, another Logie for the great race. How can they keep making the coverage better to keep winning the gongs? <laughs> well, it's a good question, but I think uh, obviously there, there is quite substantial uh, coverage. It, it seems, though, that uh, one race is always... Uh, it's a little bit more than, than the other so I'm sure there's always improvement in, in TV time but I guess that just comes down to, to what Channel 7 has uh, time for as well. Dylan? I guess from people inside the industry there's not too much they can do, they already do a, a fantastic job but if you ask any of the fans how they could improve it they would say less ads because there's so many ads there's an ad, ad break every you know two minutes towards the end of the race but uh, so long as the fans understand that that's what pays for their free TV uh, the coverage will continue to be great. Well, if the TV is too good, why would you want to go, Dylan? Uh, well, the TV, it can, it can only give you so much. You go to a racetrack and, you know, it, it's a, a sensation. You know, your, your sensations are bombarded. You, you know, you see the cars, you hear it, the sound goes right through, you smell it. You see the drivers just a few metres away from you. Uh, that kind of stuff you just can't get from, from TV. It's only a, a visual thing. John? I agree with Dylan, but the other side of that is you can get a, a better perspective of what is going on during the race. Uh, there's no secret that a lot of the time, as media, we, we sit in the media centre for that very reason. So uh, there is that side of it as well. Well, that's Gas and Go for another week. Gas and Go brought to you by V8X Magazine, brand new magazine on sale now with Shane Van Gisbergen on the cover and uh, guys a pleasure to catch up with you here on v8 insiders uh, just one final question for you who is your star of the ipswich 300 or is it all about james courtney this week dylan i have to say james courtney he put in a, a very mature drive uh on the weekend um and he won on the basis of car speed it wasn't any luck involved um and certainly made us our job a lot easier as well we don't have to put Jamie Wink up on our cover every every time he wins so got James Courtney up there and we'll, we'll see how he goes but uh, yeah I think James Courtney for certain and John I think James as well although he is in a strong car I think he's making that car look even stronger than it actually is and and from that perspective I think Courtney's really getting his act together in 2010 and I, I genuinely believe this is his best chance at the title yeah, and amazing what you were saying there before, Dylan, because uh, uh, Jamie Winkup, two-time champion of the series, has probably got less fans than Tony D'Alberto. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, you know, you just have to jump on the net and to garner sort of his the fans' attitude towards Jamie and probably it's not to his liking, but he's not the most popular driver for whatever reason. But, you know, whatever. He wins races, that's his job, and so long as he keeps doing that, I'm sure he doesn't really care that much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I don't think his lack of popularity is as deserved as what it actually uh, it, it, what it actually is. It's quite amazing. But uh, anyway, John, a pleasure to have you on the show here this week on the V8 Insiders, and uh, look forward to catching up with you in the very near future. Thank you very much, Craig. Likewise, Dylan, we look forward to having you both back on the show very soon. No probs. Thanks for that, Craig. The white flag lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders.
Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You've watched the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Martin Whitaker, thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, firstly, how are you settling into sunny Queensland? Well, it's certainly sunny. Um, it's been a bit of a baptism of fire this weekend, as you can imagine. Um, but uh, no, I'm delighted to be here. Been looking forward to this for a long time. Uh, it's great to be uh, working with the team and getting on with the job. An interesting change in your focus now, going from track management, getting events to your track, to now being one of the events that has to go to these tracks and put on the show. Yeah, I, I was talking to somebody earlier this morning. I was saying it sort of almost completes the circle. You know, I've, I've, I've done the bit with the, the national governing body in the UK, the RAC, then obviously working for the FIA and working for a Formula One team, then working for a, for a, uh, a motor manufacturer, uh, running a circuit, being a journalist, and, uh, and now effectively running the championship. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, Having said that, I mean, I, I feel very comfortable with this role. Uh, I'm dealing with a lot of people who I already know. Um, uh, but um, I think the important thing is I've got a great team of people around me. Uh, it, it, they're a very vibrant, great, knowledgeable, lot of experience here, don't forget. So, uh, no, I, I feel very confident about uh, what, I've, uh, what I've let myself in for. There was a lot of talk about you perhaps coming out here the last time they were looking for... Um, uh, <laughs> category CEO. What was the thinking to come to Australia? It's well, I think as you probably know, I've always been a huge fan of V8 supercars uh, from a, from a very young age. In a sense, I mean, I'm a, a huge fan of saloon car racing and rallying. Anyway, so I, I suppose in a sense it's in my blood. Um, you're right. Uh, I did. I was considered in, in terms of the position uh, a couple of years ago, but I don't think it was the right time then. I think I felt I'd still got some unfinished business in Bahrain. Um, uh, and in a sense, I, I love my time in Bahrain. I was there for nearly seven years, ran seven Grand Prix there. And I think in, in a way, the Grand Prix and, and now all the corporate and other racing activities that the circuit there is putting on has really put Bahrain on the, on the international map. Um, but uh, no, I, I, the, the opportunity to, to, to come down here was clearly one that I jumped at. Uh, for all the reasons that I said earlier on. It's an opportunity to work within a championship. Uh, I believe I, I bring certain knowledge and experience of international motorsport to, uh, to this role. Uh, hopefully also bring some really solid contacts as well at the very top level of the sport, uh, which um, in time will stand us in good stead. Looking at the time you're coming into the sport with new cars on the horizon, uh, having now got the Sydney race up and running, a real focus really back onto the permanent race circuits. And, uh, of course, you've kicked off at a, a very interesting permanent race circuit. In the, Do you see your next six, seven months of settling in also having to deal with a lot more of these uh, critical nuts and bolts issues? Yeah, incidentally, I think I've got a lot less than six or seven months um, Yes, but I mean, that's part of the job, isn't it? Um, I was just like yesterday, and in a way, uh, we talked about yesterday being a a very unfortunate baptism of fire, and and obviously our our best regards go out to to both the spectators who were injured yesterday afternoon and obviously to the driver of the Mini as well. Um, But that's part of the job, and and I think the great thing actually that came out of yesterday was that we have got a fantastic team, uh, both at V8 Supercars and obviously in terms of the organisation here at the track. Um, But... 
yeah, I mean, these are things I've clearly got to look at. Um, but, but first and foremost, let's come back to the, the, the original objective, and that is that we've got a fantastic, a fantastic world-renowned series here. It's the best touring car championship in the world, and we've got to make sure that we're doing things in the future that take this championship forward. We've got to evolve. We've got to make sure that we are still top of the bill. We've got a lot of – we've got a huge fan base. We've got an increasing fan base, actually, not members of just the electronic media such as yourself or the written media, but all the new media that's coming forward. Look at the, look at the, uh, the exposure that we're getting, not just in terms of television, but obviously Internet, social networking sites. All these sorts of activities are clearly vitally important to us. So we've got a massive audience out there who are looking forward to us to actually make sure that the sport remains right at the top and, above all else, it remains entertaining. My thanks to Martin Whittaker joining us here on the White Flag Lab as the checkered flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.